Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Killer Fun. I'm Christy. I'm Jackie. And we're so glad you're back with us today. Today, we continue our series about Nick Cage. We are going to watch Gone in 60 Seconds, released June 9th, 2000, nearly exactly three years after Con Air, which was our first movie in our Nick Cage series. Yes, and what a follow-up this was to watching Con Air. Because this this movie right here is horrible. Okay, you know what's funny? <laughs> Scott Rosenberg wrote this movie, and he also wrote Con Air. Okay, I don't... I, th- I think... Well, let me say, potential. I think this movie had potential to be fun. But the movie fell completely flat. Um, y- yes. I think... It was really more about the chase scenes and looking at pretty cars than it was really about the story. Right. Right. It was it was just shallow and yet not funny enough. Right? Yeah. So like at Con Air, they don't take themselves seriously. It's absolutely ridiculous. And so all the comedic moments are really done well. And then this one, all his one-liners, all the comedic moments are like sprinkled in Kind of like not even, fruit not and jello. Yeah. And I'm like, does it not belong? <laughs> fruit and jello. Because <laughs> that is gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. Jello should not have fruit in it. I agree. So it had a star studded cast. Of course, Nick Cage is Memphis Reigns. Giovanni Rubisi is his brother, Kip Gaines. He was in Friends also. Phoebe's brother, fantastic in Sneaky Pete. I forgot he was an avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Angelina Jolie as Sway. And of course, she's been in a zillion things. One of which we've covered, which was her very first feature film, Hackers. Which was excellent. Yes. And we covered that back in August of 2018. So you should go check that one out too is because it's big fun. Delroy Lindo, who played Detective Castleback, he's been he was in a ton of movies in the 90s, including Malcolm X, and he's done a lot of TV since then, including starring roles in Kidnapped in 2006 and 2007, The Chicago Code in 2011, Believe in 2014, and I believe I believe the show is still running The Good Fight which has been on since 2017. Very familiar face. Yes, very familiar. 
Of course, Robert Duvall is Otto. He's most famous for The Godfather, but has 142 actor credits to his name in Internet Movie Database. Scott Kahn, who plays Tumblr, he was in the Ocean series of movies, Ocean's 11, 12, 13. I don't know how many. I think 13 is where they stopped. But Right? And then a few like cult favorite kind of actors. Yeah, because like, James Duvall uh-huh. from Danny Darko yeah. um, and a few others. Of course, I... <laughs> I know Danny Darko is a super cult favorite, and I should know him from there. I know he was in there. What I know him as is from Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he was the cute guy in Independence Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I loved him in that. We That's just fun. watched that recently yeah. with my kids oh, okay. for the first time. Oh, I should watch that with my kids. Oh, my Summer gosh. Summer blockbuster yeah. extraordinaire. Totally Absolutely fun. fun. Dominic Sena was the director. This was his first feature film, but he had a ton of video shorts before this and several videos that he directed for Janet Jackson, which I was like, that's an interesting choice to pick a music video director that worked with Janet Jackson for a car chase movie. But Well, and I, I mean, I wonder how they feel about that decision now having seen it and seen <laughs> how it turned out and how it holds up like 20 years later. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm thinking they could have gone in a different direction. They probably could have gone in a different direction. But there's probably a lot of things in this movie that could have gone in a different direction. For sure. And maybe improved it a little bit. Yeah. I'm not going to rest all of the blame or whatever (laughs) on old Dominic. No? No. I, I think there's I think there's a lot of people who had fingers in this that maybe shouldn't have. Maybe so, but I think we string him up first. Okay. <laughs> I kid. I kid. I kid. Okay. So let's do our recap, because that's how we like to start things, so that you can be all caught up on a movie that's nearly twenty years old. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. You know, we always tell you, go watch the movie. It's twenty years old. If you haven't seen it, it's time to go watch it. You can skip this one. We'll tell you what you need to know. <laughs> yep. You, can you tell that I did not like this movie? Yeah, I, I'm on I fire can. today. <laughs> you are on With fire. With this movie. You know, I mean, if you like looking at cars and watching chase scenes, maybe fine. But not even coming. great. Because, I mean, there were some good chase scenes. There's some mm-hmm. good stunts. But all in all, it didn't go either direction fabulously. No, it wasn't like the effects or the chase scenes or everything was that spectacular and yet we didn't see any really spectacular actual heists of the car that was all very clever or anything yeah meh yeah okay so we're gonna tell you everything you need to know so kip rains and a couple of his buddies are looking for a particular car they find it inside of a dealership a porsche a porsche I'm going to say it correctly. <laughs> we talked about that last episode. If you missed it, we talked all about the proper pronunciation of that particular vehicle. They get it and they drive it right through the glass out of the dealership. Yeah, because that doesn't cause any scratches. No. Or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kip is reckless. And we learned this right from the beginning because he challenges another car to a street race in, in a, a stolen, stolen vehicle. vehicle. Right in front of the cops. We know that it's in L.A. because they talk about Wilshire Boulevard and the Vincent Thomas Bridge. Kip is driving to a garage with the stolen car after the street race. Several people are waiting. They're looking at a list on a wall that can only be seen with a black light. Kip arrives, but he was followed by the cops. And I'm not sure how he missed the cop cars with their lights on and the helicopter following him because... 
it seems like a hard thing to miss. It seems difficult to miss that. Yeah. So panic sets in. They realize the cops are coming. All these dudes in the garage, they grab keys. They break the blacklight. They throw a little water on their blacklight list and run. They all get away. The police are in the garage and they realize they're dealing with professional thieves even though, you know, the professional thief didn't know he was being followed by the police. Seems like kind of a thing that professional thieves would do. I mean, Grand Theft Auto 101. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't get followed back to the garage. Right? Yeah. They realize they're professionals because they have three quote-unquote unstealable Mercedes. That means they have an inside man somewhere at a dealership. The police officer says, impound these cars for a month, no matter who they belong to. Even if it's Tom Cruise. And I'm like, so you couldn't get Tom Cruise in this movie, so you have to name check him in it. Okay? (laughs) Got it. Got it. At that point, expectations managed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) This police officer, Detective Castlebeck, is looking around. He finds shards of the black light that they broke. Mm -hmm. And does not recognize it right off. No, but he picks them up. Okay. So Nick Cage as Memphis Reigns is giving a driving pep talk to a bunch of kids who are about to drive go-karts because he's now go-kart operator. Yeah. Uh, well, he, as he puts it in the movie, he works with kids. Okay. He is pretty entertaining. If I was a kid, he is. I, I would well, definitely oh, want to hang out with oh, him. Oh, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. I would want to go drive go-karts. That was a great scene, actually. It I was, was totally invested in maybe, that scene. Maybe one of the best scenes in the movie. I mean, maybe one of them. Because it's just Nick Cage and kids, and it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. A former colleague of Memphis, Nick Cage, arrives. His name's Atley. And he tells Memphis that his brother Kip is in trouble. And Kip was supposed to steal a bunch of cars for a bad guy called Kalitri. Kip got busted. So he's unable to finish the job. Memphis arrives at Kalitri's front business, which is a junkyard, just in time to keep Kip from getting crushed in a car. Amazing how that timing worked out. Amazing. Amazing. Kalitri has a list of... 50 specific cars that need to be on a ship in Long Beach Harbor in four days' time. If they do it, they'll get $200,000. And if they fail, Kalitri will kill Kip. Yeah, 200 grand. $4,000 a car doesn't seem like enough, especially when some of these vehicles are extraordinarily expensive. Cost 200000 Yes. That's not at all. I'm like, what does that mean in inflation? Was that did that mean more in 2000? I don't remember it meaning that more in 2000, but N- not that much more. Not that much more. No. Yeah, ridiculous. It, I yeah. think I think I, they went with the low number because it was really just about keeping Kip, you know, from being killed. And I think that every well, time Kalichi talked about it, he meant to be sarcastic about the money, and it didn't play well. Uh, no, and I don't under, but I don't understand why Kip would take it in the first place for $4,000 a car. Right? Really? Come on. Not worth the risk. Anyway, so Memphis left the car stealing business because he promised his mother that he wouldn't get Kip involved. So his mother works at a waitress, as a waitress at a cafe, and he goes to ask her permission to get back into stealing cars, and she tells him to do what it takes. Do what it takes. While they're in the 
cafe where she works, a couple of uniformed cops recognize Memphis. They call Detective Castleback, and he and his partner go down to talk to Memphis as he leaves. Memphis says he's in town because he heard the Lakers got Shaquille. <laughs> he thought he'd check out a game, and they warn him that they're going to get him if he slips up at all. Crosses the street, not at a crosswalk, rolling through a stop sign, using an aerosol can, not as directed, which I don't really think you can get arrested for. No, but it was clever. It was clever. <laughs> you have to take what you can get. That yeah. was actually kind of silly, kind of funny. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll take it. Yes. Memphis goes to a former associate, Otto, who used to run a chop shop, and now he restores cars. And Otto. They, Otto. Come on. Otto? That's uh, I know. Robert Duvall. I know. Otto. Did they really have to do that pun? Is that necessary? Okay, well, Otto? We'll, we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> there, I think there's a reason. So they put together... Otto and Memphis put together a dream team of car thieves. Johnny, Sphinx, Sway, Kip and his crew. They seem like a band of misfits rather than maybe the elite, but whatever, man. Yeah, this is not the Ocean's Eleven no, of they, car theft. <laughs> no. There are a few altercations with a rival car-boosting gang. It's really just an excuse for fights and car chases and something to distract the protagonists from the daunting number of cars that they need to steal in a short amount of time. One of Kip's crew can hack the DMV mainframe and change VIN numbers and addresses and stuff. Seems helpful. Sway, who is Angelina Jolie, had previously said she was not in the game, not going to help, not going to participate. She arrives, incidentally, on one of the most rare vehicles in the entire movie, that motorcycle mm-hmm. that she arrives on is one of the rarest vehicles that actually appears in the movie. Interesting. Yeah. And she says she's there to help Kip, but we soon learn that she and Memphis had a relationship. So really, she is there for Memphis. She's not in this movie as much as I thought I no, remembered her being. me either. She really didn't have much of a role. I mean, she was really underutilized, I mm-hmm. think. Very. Yeah. It's like they needed to have like a token girl. Yeah. She's so much better than that. Yeah. It's determined that they're going to steal all the cars in one night. And so they have to do a bunch of research to figure out where the cars are going to be on that particular night. And while they're doing that, they kind of challenge each other with car trivia. Again, find the funny, enjoyable bits where you can. And I think the car trivia that they're stumping each other with is pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. We learned that a 1967 Shelby Mustang GT500, nicknamed Eleanor, as are all the cars that they have on their list, they're given female monikers to avoid detection. Eleanor is the unicorn and will be the hardest to get. One of Kip's crew steals a Cadillac that's not on the list, and it has a trunk full of cocaine. And just then, coincidentally, Detective Castlebeck shows up, and they narrowly avoid detection. It was a ridiculous scene. It was... It and was, it could have been funny. It, was, it could have been delightful. It was almost funny. It was almost funny. I wanted to laugh at it, but it wasn't done well enough. Yep. Anyway. So as they're getting ready, Donnie 
looks for gloves and can't find any. And one of the young guys from Kip's team shows him artificial fingerprints. And then Memphis plays Lowrider to get everyone in the mood, which I thought was really dumb. <laughs> it was, but it was such a Nick Gage moment. It, it, that, that was, see, if the whole movie was done well, that scene would have been fantastic. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And then I love Agreed. it because him and his crew are all like into it and very serious. And Kip and the guys are looking around like, what are they doing? You know, <laughs> just one of these moments. It's just, it could have been way funnier, but I actually kind of like that scene because yeah. it was, it was But very it just funny. didn't fit because the rest of the movie was not way. Yeah. It, so it, it should have been good. It should have been enjoyable. <sighs> anyway, cops get a lead with the fancy laser cut keys that make the Mercedes quote unquote unstealable. And they're stocking out the houses where the new keys have been issued for Mercedes, which I'm all these people have Mercedes and they're parking them in their driveway. In the driveway. I know, like one chick had her like SUV in the garage. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> shaking my head. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> and part of the reason I shake my head is because I live in a neighborhood. With a lot of nice cars, and I see a lot of nice cars sitting in the driveway overnight, often, and it hurts my feelings a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, in Texas, there's no basements, right? Right. So, like, I grew up and, and have lived in places where we had basements, right. and so your garage becomes your basement. So, that's why we never parked in our garage, because, yeah. well, because our garage was our basement, you mm, know? Like, if you live in Georgia, yeah. you buy, like, a... 2,000 square foot house, right? For an even number. We have a whole nother thousand square feet that's not included in that. Mm, right? Yeah, because it's the basement. Because it's the basement. And so, you know, you live here and there's no basements. Well, that means if, you, if you're that kind of person who likes to keep basement kind of stuff, you uh-huh. keep it in your garage. Yeah. Fair. So I, I get it, but we also don't own Mercedes. So, yeah. Or a Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You didn't call it a Porsche. I'm so proud of you. I know, but I said it with contempt. (laughs) You did. (laughs) But you still said it right. (laughs) Took everything I had. So they finally get to the stealing part, which is actually this part starts out kind of fun. They're like disabling alarms and breaking into garages and they've got little gadgets. They stick in the ignition with a little trigger and they pretend to be valets this part is like quick and they're little interesting scenes all put together and then memphis goes to steal one of the mercedes sitting in a driveway and he realizes they're being watched he's very observant very observant maybe more observant than i would have thought well, it helped that there was a bright light shining on the van that was observing them. <laughs> yes. I thought, well, they're not very good at their job. They deserve to have the car stolen. <laughs> because, yes. because these detectives are literally parking underneath security lights in someone's driveway. So they are in this fabulous neighborhood in their rickety van. Yes. Are you kidding me? No, they should be sitting in a nice car with darkly tinted windows. Thank you. Not under a light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to be in a van, they should have, you know, something better than a rickety van that I'd be afraid that would kidnap my kids. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, yes. like not that van. Yeah, the two-toned, like about to explode kind of yeah, van. Yeah, no windows on the side right. van. Yeah. Right, It was like orange and white. It sticks out. I think it was black, but it stuck out. It stuck out the way they had it lit. You yeah, know, it, it really crazy. did. So they realized that the inside guy at the Mercedes dealership gave them up. They remember, oh, we still have the keys for the original three Mercedes that are in the impound lot. We'll just get those. Dumb thing where a dog ate them. Long story short, they eventually get the keys back and are able to get them out of impound, which the getting it out of impound is kind of fun. The rest of it's a little gross and poor taste. So they resume their thefts. Castlebeck finally remembers about the black light. And they go and check out the original garage where things, where the cars were at the beginning. And they look at the list and they realize that Memphis is going to go for Eleanor, the Shelby GT 500 last because history. Right. All of a sudden, it's a very nostalgic moment between Uh, cop and theft. uh, Anyway, there's a funny moment where there's a giant snake in a Hummer. The kid who can hack the DMV gets shot in a Cadillac SUV, the only lady who had her car in the garage. And then it's time to get Eleanor. They, she's the last car. Mm-hmm. That That's all they need. They have an hour left. They did all this in 11 hours. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> then there's a exciting-ish car chase scene. Memphis is driving Eleanor all over LA being chased by the cops. He ends up on a bridge where there's been an accident. There's stopped traffic in front of him and the police behind him looks like he's caught. But, there's, but, but there is a sloped tow truck, vehicle, flatbed, flatbed mm-hmm. vehicle that is ready that, to ready to have somebody just drive right over it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Memphis does. Yep. Destroys, basically destroys the car. Basically, at least it destroyed the car. I yeah. was like, at least get that right. Because there's no way that's going to look pretty after that. Right. You know? But right. like, so earlier when he's being chased, you know, he makes it into the ditch where they, you know. Oh, yeah. There's the nitro. <laughs> where they filmed Grease. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. <laughs> where the, where the, car cha- the car races in Grease occurred. <laughs> yeah. That's where he's like driving down that big waterway ditch, you know, and he's a nitro. And all I could think of that scene where he's about to jump with that tow truck is I'm like, but he wish he saved his nitro. <laughs> this would have well, been that, the place for the nitro. Right, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You used it too early. Yeah. <laughs> no, well. Always anticipate having to jump something. Yeah. Well, really if you're in a grease there, scene. but you know, all I could see was, yeah, you know, grease. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case anybody is wondering, no, that's not that's actually. not actually where, no. But if you've like seen Grease. It's the same kind of yellow. It's the same it. kind of like, yeah. Yeah. If you've seen any like movie with a car chase in it from the late 90s or early 2000s, you've probably seen that water. Yeah, this waterway right here. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so Memphis is late. By 12 whole minutes and Kalitri doesn't care. He really just wants... Kip or Memphis dead. They're about to kill Memphis. And Kip and Atlee save him just in the nick of time. They save Nick Cage in the nick of time. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and then there's a chase. Memphis is chasing Kalitri through the warehouse at the salvage yard. Castlebeck arrives, gets caught up. Memphis saves Castlebeck from being shot by Kalitri, who I thought took way too much time monologuing. 
with the detective rather than just shooting him just to give Nick Cage time to show up and save the day. Yeah, classic monologue of death. Yeah, yeah. Memphis pushes Castle back accidentally, sort of, off a walkway. And Kalitri falls yes. to his death. Yes, it's now, very Darth Vader. It's very Darth Vader. And it's interesting because, we didn't, I didn't talk about this before and I should have, Kalitri loves wood. He loves making things with wood. It's this whole big dumb thing. And I think that it was to juxtapose the quote-unquote bad guy and the quote-unquote good guy because Memphis steals cars because he loves cars. So he loves steel and metal. And Castlebeck is a bad guy and so he hates cars, doesn't really care about them, is only doing it for the money, and loves wood. And he had made a casket for Kip if Memphis wasn't able to complete the job. And where does Kalitri fall? But right into the very casket he made for Kip. Oh, the irony! Dum, dum, dum! Or the stupidity. Or the cheesiness. I go for option two! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So Castlebeck feels very conflicted. What should he do? Memphis just saved him, but Memphis is a car thief. He decides to let Memphis go, and in return, Memphis tips him off about the shipment at Pier 14 containing all the stolen cars. The end? Almost. (sighs) I think on this point of the movie, I finally just started scrolling Facebook. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Fair. They have a barbecue to celebrate their surviving because they didn't get any money so whatever man (laughs) they didn't get any money from this so I assume they just are celebrating surviving Memphis and Sway are back together Sphinx who's been silent the entire movie finally speaks in a British accent and with a lot of eloquence it reminded me of when Silent Bob finally speaks in the Jay and Silent (laughs) Bob movies (laughs) Like, he yes. doesn't say anything unless he has something really important to say. <laughs> Except Sphinx's stuff's not really all that important. It's just a little uh, pretentious. <laughs> Much like a <laughs> Porsche. Then Kip thanks Memphis for saving him by legitimately buying him a 67 Shelby that's all rusty and needs to be restored. Yep. And that is the end of the movie. Finally. I need a break after that. So let's, let's. we're going to have a quick break and we'll be right back. I'm Josh. And I'm Skinner. And we host PredictoCast. On this podcast, we watch the first 10 minutes of movies we know nothing about and then try to predict what happens next. It's like very low stakes gambling. We've covered movies with talking dogs, fake legs, sexual medical dummies, and Santa Claus. New episodes are released every week, and you can find us wherever you get podcasts or at predictocast.com. We predict you're going to love this show. All right, so we're back. So wait a minute, this is a remake. What? <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. This wow. is a remake of a film from 1974. Hmm, it was written, directed, produced, and starred in by Toby Haliki. Was it better? 
<laughs> um, it holds a record. What is the record? It wrecked and destroyed 93 cars in a 40-minute car chase scene. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, how long? 40 minutes? 40 minutes. That seems like a really long car. You get bored at car chases after so long. I know, right? Yeah. Although but, some people can be glued to the news watching them car chases forever. I can't well, do that. Well, I'm thinking O.J. Simpson. Yeah. That was well, like a boring car chase, too. It was so boring. Because <laughs> he was like hardly speeding in he his little Bronco. He wasn't even speeding. He was going like 40 on the highway. It was not... No, that felt like the news was telling the cops, let them go a little further. Our ratings are down. This <laughs> Here's why I think they gave Otto a name. Like Otto? Like Otto. Okay, why? Because the original hero, anti-hero, whatever, of the original 1974 movie, his name was Pace, and his girlfriend's name was Chase. No. Yeah. He was Maindrain Pace. Maindrian? Yeah, Maindrian? Maindrian. Sorry, not Maindrain. Well, you know what? Very different. (laughs) Maindrian Pace, and his girlfriend was Pumpkin Chase. Not a professional writer. No. 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 In the original movie, Pace owns a chop shop and uh, leads a professional car ring and he steals vehicles and resells the stolen cars but he has an idiosyncrasy all the cars have to be insured that they steal because they only want to screw over the insurance companies and not the people that they're stealing the cars from okay Mm -hmm. so a south american drug lord Offers money for for a list of 48 specific vehicles to be delivered in five days. Okay. He's paying, in 1974, $400,000 for 48 vehicles. Over $8,300 a car. Better. Kalitri, take note. Step up, man. Because... $8,300 $8,300 in 1974 was a lot more money than $4,000 in 2000. Yeah. Anyway, the Cadillac portion where there was a trunk full of drugs, uh-huh. that was a throwback to the original movie. Oh, okay. Yes. Eleanor is the vehicle that they had the most trouble with Okay. in this movie as well because they had trouble finding one that was properly insured. Okay. Uh-huh. Who has a... Never mind. I'm not going there. Yeah. Who who has a 67 GT uninsured? Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm with you there. Thank you. There's a whole thing. Big, long car chase scene. Long, apparently. Uh, very long. He spots an Eleanor, which I guess he believes to be insured because it's being taken through a car wash. I don't don't know, man. It's a whole thing. Anyway, he's able to deliver the cars. There wasn't a script. There was just pages outlining the main dialogue sequences, and everything was ad-libbed. Shocking. 
they <laughs> there were a bunch of bystanders who didn't realize they were extras in a movie. <laughs> like they just were filming on the streets of Los Angeles and they thought they were wondering why the cops weren't stopping to help the quote unquote injured parties because they were actual actors. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah, is I think a fairly silly movie. So why is he named Otto? It was a homage to Chase and Pace, who were in the original movie, because like Pace, like Pace Car. Uh huh. Yeah, I think it was like a to give somebody a name that was that was yeah that was silly that was a pun. Okay. Yeah. Sadly, in 1989, they were filming a sequel to this movie, and Haliki died in a car accident. Ooh. Yes. While they were filming. Oh, that's very sad. So that is sad. That is sad. Anyway, so Roger Ebert liked this movie less than he liked Conair. I can imagine. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. (laughs) This is the kind of movie that ends up playing on the TV set over the bar in a better movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that's. That's a wrap. That's all there needs to be said about this movie. No, that's stellar. Yes. And the chase sequence is fine. <laughs> that's it. That's what we have to say. That's that's what the professional movie critic has to say about the car chase scene in a movie where the car chase scene is supposed to be like the best part of the movie. Oh, I love it. I love it the so much. The chase sequence is fine. Anyway. <laughs> There's a surprising amount of, like, fan stuff on Etsy. What? For this? Yeah. <laughs> Some of it's for the original movie. Okay, that makes a little more sense, because I can see That'd be like maybe how the original is, could be a cult favorite, yeah. depending on how it, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's movie posters and t-shirts and replica license plates. All that stuff makes sense. And then there's cupcake toppers. Oh, because I'm wondering, how are there? Is there a lot of need for cupcake? Ta- are we having a lot of cupcake parties where we need gone in six? I know. I'm flexumed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a niche market. Yeah, and then there's the Angelina Jolie life mask, which is super creepy and 150 dollars, and it's. Like a mask of her face that's all white and no hair, and it's super, super creepy. That's creepy. That's weird. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
So I, I wonder don't, if she knows that's out there. Uh, I, I don't know, man, but it's weird. Can it really happen? <laughs> I bet it can happen better. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so when they police were talking to Memphis in L.A., Memphis says that he's there because Shaq joined the Lakers. Was that true? Shaq had joined the Lakers several years prior to I thought so. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Because when he said that, I thought... Yeah. Uh, I hear the Lakers got Shaq. Is that or just Shaquille. A, he said Shaquille. Shaquille. Yeah. Is that just one of those, it was very new when they filmed, by the time it came out, there was like a gap? Or did they just screw it I don't it think up? so. I think oh, they just screwed it up. All right. I don't, I don't know that it was I tried to throw him about. that big of a deal because he actually joined the Lakers in 1996. I thought it was like way earlier. Yeah, yes. That's okay. what I thought too. I'm like, no, it was after the Olympics in mm-hmm. Atlanta. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever, man. Jaywalking. They also threatened him with, they in that did. same sequence, they, they said they would get him for not crossing at a crosswalk. Well, now in New York City... That's a thing. And that was actually like a thing that was a kind of a, I mean, it's still a thing, but actually Giuliani had done a big push in order to clean up some of the streets. And what he had done was he started really enforcing some of these, like for the window washers and the jaywalkers. And that's how they got there in. And then they were able to, from there, start cracking down on bigger things. And so it's not like it's still... As but for a long time they really cracked down on it yeah. as a strategy for for crime. Yeah, um, I can't imagine that other places are you know. Uh, n- no, the uh, <laughs> Stephanie Sterling. I don't know where she lives, but she was a prosecutor, and she asked her county attorney about jaywalking tickets, and the county attorney said that in twelve years on the job, she had seen zero tickets mm-hmm. issued for this. So maybe in big cities, not everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. not even a crime everywhere. It's no, not it's even not. like a ticketable offense no. everywhere in the United States. I mean, it makes sense like in, in, in NYC, but... Right. Or Los Angeles or something like that. Right. I guess they crack down on it in Los Angeles periodically because you can take a right turn on red in California. Right. But you can't in New York. Mm -hmm. So if you cross against the light in Los Angeles, you can cause some pretty big traffic jams. Mm -hmm. That's not an issue in New York because you can't take a right on red anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when you got tons of pedestrians in a city and all of that, it makes sense because they need to follow the streets that they're supposed to be on. Right. You know, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. You know, they have a path to follow, and that's how everybody, you know, stays safe. But Right. <laughs> how rare and valuable are 1967 Shelby GT500s? This is anyway. a great question. So would you like to know how many were made? Yes. Okay. There are 2,048. Wow. Made. Yeah, not that many. Not that many. Not that many hmm. for what? a oh, yeah. very car-driven country yeah. who really liked Mustangs. Right. Yeah. Did they do that on purpose? Do um, you know? I don't think so. They're currently, if you want to get a Shelby, currently they're about $140,000 a piece. For that particular model. Wow. They're fairly expensive. But that's not the most expensive one that's ever been sold. In 2013, the car from the movie, 
sold for a million dollars because of its history. It was actually not a 67 Shelby GT500. Really? Yes. Mm. It was actually a 67 Mustang Fastback, but because of its movie history, it sold for a lot. Right. That makes sense. The most expensive one was a, the most expensive Mustang ever sold actually was a Shelby GT500 from 1967. Okay. It also sold in 2013. It sold for $1.3 million because it is a one of a kind. Wow. They had planned to make 50 Super Snakes in 1967, mm-hmm. which is a version of the Shelby GT500. They made one. And so it is the most expensive Mustang. Wow. Yeah. So, fake fingerprints. Yeah, ridiculous. (laughs) Okay, well, they're kind of. I think gloves would have just been easier. Way easier. And, you know, maybe DNA wasn't quite such a thing in 2000. I guess, but... I mean, so now you would definitely just wear gloves because well, because if you sweat, if you have sweaty palms, yeah, your DNA would be all leave it all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, super gluing a small sticker to my fingertips. That doesn't feel like I would be as what's the word secure, safe, protected. I don't think I would have as much dexterity. Oh, I think I wouldn't be as I don't know precise. Yeah, I think gloves would be yeah more appropriate, a little easier. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think that if I was a auto thief, I would have some special gloves. Oh. Maybe some like Dexter. I'd have an outfit. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Like a like a set of gloves and a particular thing I wear. You know, like that would be how I do that. Seems like after having watched Dexter, seems like you would want to be like in a whole latex suit. I mean, you didn't kind leave of. anything behind. Yeah, I'd look like the Blue Man Group killer. You know. <laughs> Like a whole bodysuit <laughs> thing on, you know. Well, these weren't killers; these were car thieves. Well, you I know, but more. Uh, yeah, well, you <laughs> know, various intentions. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> no, Not I so know. Much. I I jest. <laughs> there is a reason why somebody might want to have fake fingerprints. Mm. Yeah, a man wrote an article about it in 2016. I replaced my fingerprints with prosthetics to avoid surveillance. Interesting. And I think he really just did it for the article. And he he makes a good point. Biometrics can indeed be leaked. And you can't just change your password if that information gets leaked because you're kind of stuck with your fingerprints. Yeah. Actually, this is a really hot issue right now. Yeah. Um, California banning the uh, facial recognition Oh, um, I yeah, that. lots of uh, discussion, especially around facial recognition, yeah. because you can't change that, right? And you you have to go out and and live, and it's just too much surveillance, in their opinion, and it can be used nefariously, right? You know, yeah, it's interesting, well, and you're being surveilled without reason, right? Which is, you know, we've talked about we've that talked before. about that we've talked about that before that mm-hmm. surveilling without cause is a violation of rights. Yeah, well, anyway, I tell you, if you have the new Apple phone, all right, uh-huh. so I think this is fixed now, but, I mean, as a matter of months ago, you could take a screenshot of your face, like, or not a screenshot of your face, a you picture. could take a picture of your face, mm-hmm. and if you opened your PayPal app 
and held up a picture of your face to the PayPal app, it would open. Oh, geez. so all somebody needed for a while was, was a, picture. a picture of your face that was close up enough that if you hold the two phones together, it would open your PayPal. Not yeah, that. and I scary. so we sat and we tried it. Absolutely worked. Um, yeah, so I have facial recognition turned off for that. It forces uh-huh. me to put in a password. Right, but um, I think they actually updated it now. But this is kind of the thing, like. But everything that uses facial recognition needs to be such that it can right. tell the difference between a photo. But as photos get more and more high resolution and everything, right. it's just a... Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's a little scary. Well, and I think that was a, an app-specific thing. It was. a phone thing. It's an app-specific. So I, only- I think that's why they changed it was because, now that you say that, I think I do remember this. Yeah, well, PayPal but- put an app... app- update out. Right. But I think that the, the Apple was putting stuff out too, so that it used Mm -hmm. the Apple technology to access that rather than relying on the developers. Right. They're trying to make it more secure, but rumor has it fingerprints coming back. Yeah. Do valets steal cars? We've talked about this in the past as well. We talked about it in our Ferris Bueller episode, which Mm -hmm. came out in August of 2018. So yeah. They do. they do. So there was Houston man <laughs> who used a valet service regularly. He used one because he worked right across the street from that. Okay. So he used it all the time. And there was a man standing at the podium, like always, and he handed him his keys. And the guy got in his car and drove off. And when he went to get his car later, it was gone because the guy, all the guy had to do was watch and see where they kept the keys and what they did and what mm-hmm. they wore. And he was able to steal a car. Well. Yeah. It happens fairly frequently. How frequently? So, um, well, I don't know exactly, but this gentleman who used to work as a valet and in the valet industry said he would never use a valet <laughs> ever because it's just too easy to get your car or something in your car stolen. It makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so convenient. Well, especially in the city, you know. Yeah. It's hard to park and, and then you got to walk and especially in the summer here and it's hot. Yeah. And you want to, if you're going to an event, you don't want to get to the event all sweaty because you had to walk four blocks exactly. in a hundred degree heat. You want to hand your car to somebody and have them pick it up, especially if you're in heels. Exactly. And well, and you know, in big cities, especially, you know, it's just, there may not even be parking really available right. in a reasonable area. And we lived in Seoul. We had to use valet a few times because, you know, we, we had a car and we'd drive around, but the valets in, in Korea are interesting because you don't just... You, you can take your keys. Like, you can stand there. Sometimes they'll give you your keys back. But when you pull in, they drive the car, and then they park it somewhere, and they put it in neutral. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. And put, and put the e-brake on. And they leave your car unlocked. But you take your keys. Well, then what they do is they literally push the cars around and play, like, Tetris with this to get all the cars in. And then when you come, they uh, push all the cars around and get it out. 
Wow. Now, some would take your keys in case, and some would just give them back because once it was in neutral, they could just push their car around. Just, but they couldn't go anywhere. They could push it down a hill, but good luck with that. You know what I mean? Like, they could push it right onto a flatbed truck. Well, they could do that. They <laughs> could do your, that. Your car is gone. But yeah, so you had to leave it in neutral because they basically parked them all in back-to-back in little rows. And Hey, strong people. Yeah. Very, very strong I mean, individuals. You don't need a gym membership if you're pushing cars I mean, around a seriously, lot. the original CrossFit over there. <laughs> he makes a point that even if they're not stealing your cars, in a lot of places, these people make like wait staff wages, like oh. two thirteen an hour. No. And they're depending on tips. No, I didn't mm-hmm. realize that they were doing that. There's, you have a lot of turnover because people who are experienced are going to go somewhere with higher end clientele so they get bigger tips and where they're going to be paid more. Mm-hmm. And so if you're at like a more budget-friendly sort of place where they offer valet. They're less experienced. They're more likely to wreck your car. They're more likely to take something. They're more likely to accidentally give your keys to somebody else. Yeah. Or give your keys to somebody else just because they say they lost the claim ticket. So, I did not realize that. Ooh. Yeah, that they only make 213 I think that's ridiculous. I really wish that we would just pay people for oh my gosh a, their job. Oh, being a waitress than, was just... That's awful. You know, and I loved the people I worked with when I was yeah. waitressing. I mean, I, I did it through college, and, you know, I loved it. I, I really did. I loved the people. I actually kind of loved the work because, you know, you ran around, you were active, you know, and... Um, I don't know, but I mean, just getting paid $2 an hour and relying on tips, it was just, it's just ridiculous. Well, and if you work in a service industry, I hope you're going to give good service to anybody, but then you've got people who are jerks. Yeah. And you still have to be nice to them. You you do. You have to hope that they're going to give you something, you know? Anyway, so why do people steal? This is our psychology break. (laughs) Why do people steal? Why do people steal? I don't know exactly, but there's hardship. People might be forced to steal for whatever reason. Socrates says that no one knowingly commits an evil action. Evil is turned into good in the mind, which I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true, was true then. I don't know if it's still true. I don't think I agree with that. Okay. I can see how that would apply to a lot of situations. Uh-huh. You know? Yes. But I don't I don't think it's generalizable. I think there's a lot of people who understand it's wrong. And they're gonna do it anyway. And they're gonna do it anyway. Because of greed. Yeah. By being good in their mind, they mean I like it. <laughs> yeah. That's good. There you go. But I don't think that they actually think that it's justifiable. Right. It's easier to steal from an anonymous large organization than from an individual and easier to steal from somebody who seems like they're already well off. So the original Gone in 60 Seconds movie, mm-hmm. he was willing not to steal from people, but to steal from the insurance, the insurance company. company. You know, then some people just steal because... It's exciting. Yeah, it's the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, you you think you're stealing from a big company, and that's just but you know what? That's that cost is being passed on to people. Mm-hmm. 
So you're never just stealing. It's not like a victimless crime. It's not victimless. It will get passed on to somebody else who's going to pay the price for that. Mm, like know? tariffs? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. You know? So in 1944, cars were still kind of relatively new, but I found an interesting study from 1944 that some uh, psychologists and criminologists did and their theory going into it was that car thieves were unintelligent that if they were found driving a stolen vehicle on the highway they would be obvious the gig would be up right away you know you know it's funny because i feel like a We've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. But I would say that funny. kind of approach, very common yes. in those days and times because people assumed that if you couldn't operate socially normally, there's something wrong with you in your intelligence. Right. They would just go there. They would just... Yes, you know, they the, just went the there. The thought that an intelligent, normal person might actually choose with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It was poorly. It was right. like foreign. Yes. Yeah. Not it's the same kind of thing like with the, are you insane or do you possessed? Right. Remember like how we talked about oh, this? Like yeah. it's that same kind of thought process of like for a long time people could not understand that our, our the people could be potentially very productive and functional individuals and choose to go down a different path. And right. that, that may signal still some disorder. And yet that doesn't mean they're but, just dumb. Right. Yeah, they're just unintelligent. Right. right. Or like, yeah. But And they found that when they did the actual study, they thought, well, maybe they're more chopping them up and selling them for parts type thing. And no, most people at, in 1944 were found to be driving the vehicle that they'd stolen. So they were like, no, oh, they're stupid. So they did intelligence studies on a control group of people who had committed other crimes okay. and then car thieves. And okay. they compared them. What they found was with 475 car thieves studied and a control group of 480 inmates for other offenses, that the car thieves actually had higher intelligence and higher scholastic achievement, and that they tended to be a little younger. <laughs> so they thought it was crime of impulse, but they were a little fluxumed with the yeah. car thieves aren't stupid. Yeah. Well, see, and that's why we do studies <laughs> like that, because yeah. now we know. Now we know. <laughs> All right. Then 
The for reals. The for reals. Um, I don't think many car thieves just drive through dealership windows. No, that would not be smart. I couldn't find any uh, evidence of that. But (laughs) occasionally people will accidentally (laughs) drive cars through dealerships. There is this particularly funny and heartbreaking story of a young woman in India who was at a car dealership that evidently had two floors of showrooms and she got in a vehicle and I don't know how she started it. I don't know why you would have the keys to those vehicles on the second floor, but she got in and drove it right through the window (gasps) off the second floor No, into the first floor and they have video of it. I feel bad for her. Oh, that's so bless her heart. Yeah. Yeah, bless her heart. Bless her heart. Oh. So how common is street racing? Oh, that's got to be super common. Nope, not really very common. No? Nope. The uh, Fast and the Furious style of street racing is not common at all. That What is more common is light-to-light racing. Well, so, I guess maybe I was thinking kind of that. I kind of say. Yeah, but even that's not that common because the fines for that are hefty yeah they're very very expensive that people tend to go out to the middle of nowhere and do short races yeah that it's it's an agreed upon thing they'll maybe meet somewhere say they want to go to have a race they'll go to a place that's eh, not legal but more appropriate like a empty waterway and (laughs) perhaps More likely like a rural road. Yeah. But yes. And they go and they do that for half an hour that there's actually reasonably priced and readily available places to go and drive your cars fast, legally and safely. Oh, there's there's one just outside of San Antonio where you can go and sign up and do a little Oh, well, yeah, there is that racetrack out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alamo Speedway or something like that. Right. Yeah. Impounded those cars. And I want to know a little bit more about impounding. So if your car is impounded, you may have as long as 60 days to get it back mm-hmm. before they sell it at auction because after that time they'll deem it abandoned. But it depends on where you live. And some places they can sell it at auction in as little as 20 days. Interesting. So this man recommends that you should get your car back as soon as possible when it's towed. Because the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. Right, that's very true. Yeah. In Michigan, you only have 20 days from the day you get your notice to when they will sell it. Mm -hmm. And they can say they notified you, Hmm. and you may not have gotten that notice. So if your vehicle is missing and it's not been stolen, you need to find it immediately. And they suggest just paying the fees. They're going to be outrageous. It's going to be very expensive. Don't expect to get your car back in the condition in which you left it because they're the tow trucks are trying to pick them up quick. Yep. They're going to damage your vehicle. They're moving them around crowded lots. They're going to bump them into other cars. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they'll notify, quote unquote, notify the public that they're auctioning vehicles In the newspaper, because, you know, a lot of people are looking in the newspaper, (laughs) and 
They said not only can are you fined by the detention lot where it is, the tow lot where they've put it, but you can be fined because you were parked in a no parking zone. If it gets left on the side of the road and has to be towed, they're going to deem it as abandoned and fine you for littering, which can be $5,000 and court costs and possibly time in prison. And just as an aside, if you sell a vehicle, you need to have the title properly transferred into the buyer's name as soon as possible because if you sell it to somebody and it's still in your name with the state and they leave it by the side of the road guess who's paying those fines you are that would be you boy tow trucks man those are if you have you ever had your car towed no Mm. yeah not so we were in an apartment complex um i lived there and i had just had Surgery. Oh no! So I just had gallbladder surgery, and so I had um, several people were at the apartment, including my boyfriend, now my husband, uh-huh. and a couple of friends. And um, so they had parked out, you know, in the parking lot. Now we didn't have designated spaces, we didn't have numbered spaces, but the policy was that residents parked in front of the buildings and non-residents parked like between the buildings. You know, oh, okay. so if there was building one and two, there was usually like five or six parking spots in that space between the building so we're sitting in there and all of a sudden we see the flashing lights Mm -hmm. and we're like what is going on well the complex had gotten it up there Uh mm -hmm, to go and start towing vehicles they thought were not residents and things of that sort but the parking lot was not big enough really for the complex so (sighs) all that said and done we run outside and they already towed like my boyfriend's car uh-huh. um but they got my friend's car and they are pulling it up <gasps> and i'm running out there and i'm holding my guts oh. together and i am screaming at them to put it down and they're like you know they're nope, it's not sorry. personal it's, it's just business like they call right. they say this is not a resident da, 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 da. i am screaming at them i'm like i am right here and i am telling you i just had surgery this person is staying with me to help out like put it down and they're like 200 bucks to get it off the truck man <gasps> oh did you I pay i screamed at them forever and my guts were about to spill out and so eventually yeah we paid it oh because otherwise they were absolutely gonna drive off with that car oh. but at least we didn't have to pay the impound fee too right right like Which you so, did have to pay for mm-hmm. your now husband's car mm-hmm. oh it's yeah. no good right oh the office heard from me oh good Oh, yes. Oh, good. Oh, yes. But, oh, man, they are just, they're ruthless, dude. Yeah. All right, so I don't know how useful it is to hack the DMV or how helpful it is to hack the DMV. I couldn't find any information on that. I guess VIN numbers are fairly valuable. And just last year, October of 2018... There was a flaw in the California DMV site where if you put in a license plate number, it would give you back the VIN number. (laughs) And this guy found it. He figured it out because he had a license plate number and a VIN number of an old car that he no longer owned, Mm -hmm. but he knew that that was the VIN number of the vehicle. And he put it in and found that uh, it was giving the correct VIN numbers out. It was a big issue. 
Wow. So, and a bunch of people were, he said, by the way, this is happening. And they're like, did you tell them? Watch out. They might try and get you for hacking. And he's like, right? it's a flaw. Like, <laughs> I found their flaw. And they're like, yeah, they're still probably going to. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So car theft happens, but it changes because technology in the cars mm-hmm. change quite a lot. So it makes it, the cars are getting harder to steal. Right. But you know what's getting easier? Odometer fraud. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Just up the road in Austin, they're having a big issue, like right now, with odometer fraud, that there's a fairly inexpensive, just a few hundred dollars on the internet, piece of equipment that you can buy, like 300 or so dollars, where you can put it in your car and in under a minute change the, <laughs> the electric odometer. Oh, and the average cost is costing the consumers who are buying them about four thousand dollars. Yeah, because because in less than a minute they can change it from two hundred and thirty thousand miles to one hundred and thirty thousand miles. It's it's not good. It's really like a little scary. And they say you should always get a Carfax for a vehicle if you're buying a used car to make sure. And it's very very difficult to detect. So. Buyer beware. If only Ferris Bueller had that technology. That's right. That's right. He would have not driven that car out the back window. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh. So do you think uh, Castlebeck should have let Memphis go? Yes. Whatever ended the movie fast enough. <laughs> because, wow. Yeah. You, you were just, over it by he then. Was, he was standing there debating, and I'm like, just do it. Make up your mind. <laughs> um, I don't know. Seems yes. It's like he's a car thief. Maybe. But he was retired, and he had never been caught or convicted. Okay. Right? He, yeah. he had retired, so they and knew... He, that he did that, but they never were able to prove it. And I get that that's, that that's you know, right. a technicality. But the truth is, he came back, and and then at the end, he did tell them about where to go. When when he was I'll actually... I'll tell you where to go. Well, I know, right? <laughs> I'll tell these filmmakers where to go. But I'm telling you, like, he... So they went to question him before anything started, and they didn't ask him any specific questions. They just harassed him. By the time Fair. they met again and asked a specific question about what was going on, he told him where it was. I'm sorry be a better detective right in that case you know what call him a ci and go about your day yeah that's kind of what i was thinking yeah like is it really that much different than a confidential informant Mm -hmm. especially when he told them here's where all the stolen cars are yeah go get them right like they never asked him a question that he lied about not fair once fair so be a better detective Uh uh-huh i think the movie would have been better had memphis gone to them Ooh. I think that would have been a much cooler twist Ooh. if he had gone to them and said, this is what's going on. I'm retired, but I can uh-huh. make this happen. Yeah. And then he would have turned out to be, you know, a that CI like, a legitimately. Movie. And I think that would have been way cooler. That would have been a better mm-hmm. movie. You're right. Yeah. Fair. All right. So next time, I hope that you'll like this movie. Matchstick Men. Yeah. Because I haven't seen this. I I saw this movie not terribly long after it came out, and I really enjoyed it. I've heard good things. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little slower paced than either of the first two Nicolas Cage movies have been, and is definitely going to be slower paced than 
our final movie in this series, which is National, National Treasure. Treasure. That one's a this is a little less popcorn flick. Right. It's a little bit more of a serious movie. Yeah, it's a, it's it's serious, but it's got its very endearing, entertaining parts, and it's got a good twist. So I'm excited. I think you'll, I think you'll like it. So, I think I will, because, you know, I liked Sit Gone in 60 Seconds when I first saw it. I remember fondly, and, and uh-huh. then I watched it again and went, no. no. Uh-uh. So that reminds me a little bit of Broken Arrow. Oh, for sure. Because we saw it in the movie theater and really enjoyed it. I thought it was fabulous. And then we rented it like a few months later. It's so bad. It was awful. I can remember having popped the VHS tape from (laughs) Hastings into the VCR in college Watching it with my then boyfriend, now husband, all excited. Oh, we really like that movie in the movie theater. Let's let's rent it and watch it again. And in 1997, when it came out on video, we were watching it and looked at each other and said, "What were we thinking?" Yeah, no, because that movie- there's something about the theater experience that gives a little more like fun and credence to a movie that I think it was unique. In its plot. So it was kind of brand new-ish. I think it was unique. John Travolta, fabulous. Always good on screen, you know? And so, like, and he had some really good one-liners and things. So I think the initial viewing can be kind of like with this movie. Nick Cage, this movie was awful, but Nick Cage was great. Yeah. Like, his on-screen and Giovanni Ribisi, when he's on-screen, absolutely fabulous. Captivating. Yeah, they're captivating. And so it's entertaining, especially the first time, but it's when you go back and you're like... And you like watch it with a slightly more critical eye. Yeah, it's less good. It's less good. But, you know, like... It, that thinks, makes me think of um, Face Off. Oh, yeah. Because that's Nick Cage and John Travolta. But I will tell you. Also, another one we saw in the movie theater and was like. But I watched it. And, and it's horrible, but it's delightfully horrible. Yes. Like, like the whole thing is so fun. Well, and it kind of knows it's bad. It's a little bit. Yeah. So it holds up a better. Yeah. It holds up a bit the, better. This, this movie didn't think it wasn't very good. It thought it was good. Yeah. <laughs> this movie. This movie. It thinks it thinks it's it good. It thinks it's good. Yeah. Well, you know what? It made a bunch of money, so whatever. <laughs> it did. It did. So tell us what you think. Should Castlebeck have let Memphis go at the end of this movie? It's a good question. Find us on social media on Twitter at Killer Fun Pod on Facebook, Killer Fun Podcast, the intersection of crime and entertainment, or you can send me an email, killerfunpodcast at gmail.com. All right, right. we'll see you next time. Yep, for Matchstick Men. Forge Audio. Dream it. Build it. Share it.